Welcome to the Building Beyond podcast. This podcast brought to you by GMI Construction Group. Throughout this series, we've been discussing the impact of the construction industry, how it's impacting on the UK economy, how the sector's evolving and becoming more sustainable, but also embracing new ways of working. And in this episode, we'll actually be looking more into culture. We'll be highlighting best in class, people who've gone above and beyond the call of duty in their jobs and showing from within GMI what their values are and what it means to get the job done to a high quality and producing a result for the business and delighting their clients along the way. Joining me today, I have Andy Herkham, who is Divisional Managing Director of GMI in Yorkshire, and Dominic Dickinson, who's also based in Yorkshire, Senior Site Manager. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. Good morning, Jimmy. Right, starting with you, and let's do a bit of background stuff for, for our listeners. Andy, tell us a bit about your, your background and, and what your role involves as Divisional Managing Director. Yeah, morning, everybody. Uh, I'm Andy Herkham, as Jim said, Divisional Managing Director for GMI in Yorkshire. So my background has been all about project delivery. I, uh, I commenced work at 16 years old in the construction industry as a building technician. I then moved into site engineering, then moved into site management, then into project management, contracts management, operations management. And then I took a role up as technical director uh, in a previous organisation, which uh, was was a great challenge for me and a good part of my career. And I learned lots and lots uh, about operational efficiency, change management in business, etc. And then naturally moved back into operations director at a previous organisation. And then latterly with GMI as managing director uh, from previous working uh, relationship with, with Lee Powell, the chief executive at GMI, and sort of in a nutshell, that's uh, that's my career. You know, there's been lots of challenges along the way, um, but the you know the, the key thing for me, it's about the people in the team, and it's about the value of the people in the team, and it's people that make things happen, really. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll come on, on to that. Just as, as a quick overview, sort of elevator pitch, if you can, as divisional managing director, what, what responsibilities do you do you have there obviously you're sitting nicely between the owners and the board and obviously the guys out on site and everywhere in between so you know what's your your fundamental role my fundamental role is just making sure that we operate effectively and efficiently as a business you know in that we've got to show leadership we've got to show direction um and you've got to get to know your people and you've got to understand your people know how they tick and you've got to adapt to you know the market conditions and lead a team um and you know as you said earlier people piece might come later but we have got a really talented team at GMI uh, so the challenge isn't as great as maybe it could be but that's a good thing and you know the you know we're moving in the right direction as a business yeah we've got challenges but we've got the right team that's going to effectively manage those challenges that's good well we have a member of that team sat here uh, with us today hopefully one of the very talented members, which I think uh, I think is, is uh, pretty spot on. Dominic, give us a bit of background about you, your career to uh, joining GMI and, and what your role is as Senior Site Manager. Thanks, Jamie. Um, yeah, going back from the start, um, Senior Site Manager at GMI. Um, been with the business now just over two years. Um, but going back from point one, um, from an early age, I was involved in sport, um, going through the school years, uh, playing for Huddersfield Town, um, went through that sort of process through, like I said, through the school years uh, into a YTS scheme um, and just on the brink of hopefully touching through into the professional ranks. 
that obviously didn't work out, so I was left with a different diverse path to choose um, through some potential opportunities and some encouragement from wider people around me uh, at that time. Um, I sort of crafted a, a ruse that was the unorthodox way. Um, it definitely wasn't a, you, know, you go back through the college and you, you get your trade and, and, and you go through um, an apprenticeship or a scheme that would be the norm. Um, I went through what would probably be classed as more a, a direct route, which is working through companies', companies businesses um, and sort of crafting and carving a way through. Um, that evidently opened more doors, which gave me a platform to build from. Uh, like I said, I had some great mentors in the past, um, which give me also a bit of diversity across those across those areas and sectors. Um, I eventually worked for a business that was brilliant. Um, that led me working for GMI or on GMI projects for that business. Um, I knew some people at GMI, worked with them, worked for them, um, delivered for them, and evidently that created opportunity to come to GMI um, where I, I took an opportunity that was offered and then the rest is history for the last two years, really, and we've just sort of gone from there. Excellent. Excellent. That's a nice uh, little background on the both of you. So, oh, this podcast is obviously called Building Beyond, but maybe this one should actually be called Going Above and Beyond. How do you, starting with Andy, how do you instill a culture within a, a workforce that isn't just also directly employed? Obviously, you have subcontractors as well that does go above and beyond, that does deliver best in class. And, and well, let's start with a better way. What does best in class mean to you? Best in class is about, it's all about the product for me. It's all about the product we deliver for our clients and our customers that, you know, that has to be the best. If you deliver the product and you get the quality right and you, you deliver a building that, that functions as intended, then the client is always going to come back to you. you know, they're, always, they're always going to respect the way and how we've actually facilitated that, that building. And if you, like I say, I can't emphasise it enough, if you get the quality right, they'll always come back. They'll always come back for more. But if you don't get the quality right, it doesn't matter about people and relationships and the building doesn't function, that's what you're remembered for. So the, the key focus is for me is all about the product, it's all about the quality, and it's all about the way we do things uh, with our people, with our clients, and with our supply chain. I, I think that was yeah, where I was coming to, how you do things. I mean, even, you know, from the simple things from the ground up of going onto a site during construction, which for anybody outside of construction just expects to be a dirty site, but actually... When you go to a GMI site, you know, apart from obviously the actual the building materials and maybe where the ground hasn't been laid and everything yet, it's tidy. Everything's neat and tidy, so it gives you that sort of impression that, you know, it's it's um, one of those things. You know, if if you make your bed on the morning, then when you leave the house, you're going to do everything else right. It's a bit like that with GMI. How does that culture come about to get people to think, take pride in what they do, so that product at the end is perfect. It's about setting the standards and it's about making sure that our people understand what the expectations at GMI are and how high our standards are at GMI. I have a, I have a saying that when I go on to site, which is what I see is what you're prepared to accept. So, you know, we do get some varying levels, but by making people responsible and accountable and just using that one statement, it puts it all into perspective and it, just makes people they think about the overall project. It's not, you know, it's about the 
first impressions that you get, it's about when you approach the site, do you recognise that site as a GMI site? Has it got the has it got the branding? Does it look right? Is it clean? Is it tidy? And that sets a first impression. And normally, if it is, then when you walk onto site, the housekeeping is going to be right, the quality is going to be right, the health and safety standards are going to be right, and you sort of know what to expect. If it's not quite at a level, then there may be some work to do. But that's about educating the people and making sure that they understand what our standards at GMI are and what we expect. Okay, Dom, obviously you're as a site manager, senior site manager, excuse me, <laughs> as a site manager, that must, well, everything that Andy's talked about there is that must be your direct responsibility to make sure these things happen. So, how do you, how do you do it on the ground? Keep that day to day culture going that will deliver best in class at the end, but it, you know, in that process, maintains quality throughout. Good question, really, Jamie. Um, I think uh, the the main focus has got to be uh, consistency. It's got to be coordination. Um, we've got some good relationships with our subcontractors that work on our jobs and it'll be the same from the Yorkshire region to the Midlands to the Manchester it, it won't change throughout I'm, I'm more than confident in saying that without knowing everybody there they'll all do the similar things we'll all do our own have our own spin on how we do those things but they'll be the similar because it's, it's the right thing to do um, and, it, and it's probably learning that the learning and managing the people that we are working with daily and how we get the best out of each other. We're all different, so we all work in different ways. Um, but the way that we communicate things, the way that we articulate the finer details, how we ask things of each other um, is is the main point of focus. Um, so, yes, if I need something from somebody, it's, you know, there's always two, three ways to go around to get that. Um, so that that is how we drive and get what we need. That just goes through to all the other categories that Andy's mentioned. So, you know, consist- consistently uh, reiterating to people on the ground, look, don't do this, don't do that. But it's it's also telling them the reason why, not just love. Yeah, I think we need to understand as a business as well, you know, we need to understand what good looks like. And I think that's really important that we, you know, we, we get the right examples as a business of, of what good looks like. And then we, you know, we share that with our people and then that's how we get the consistency and that's how we get the branding uh, and that's how we get to a level that we we expect to be operating at. So, you know, there's, uh, I know there is some work going on about about how we do that and about how we share best practice, but that that's really important is that we communicate what good looks like and then that leads into what our expectations and what our standards are. I'm just going back to the sports stuff, mm-hmm. that, you know, the start of your career. Yep. Does it take people to lead by example, you know, your England captain going off and that's how I should be? Mm-hmm. Or is it about nurturing a, a team ethic? Yep. Team ethic. It can't, you, you will not do it on an individual basis. Um, that's why we have what we call project delivery teams or, you know, team, team delivery. You know, people phrase it in numerous different ways there's no point in anybody thinking that one single person is going to single-handedly get a job over the line it's not going to happen so um we've got to collectively understand that be aware of that and then it goes back to how we we're saying learning he- learning from each other how we all work in different ways everyone's got strengths and weaknesses that's fine that's always going to be the case it's how we it's how we flush through them how we work together and how we help each other and yes setting the standard team ethic you will always have project leaders and sort of 
in a way, a structure that builds mm-hmm. through a team. That's fine. Normally, the people at the top of that have, have the more pressure because they have more things to deal with. But it's 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 how then do we delegate it down and make sure that we've all got a level of what we can deal with without of being affected. So having worked in that that team environment, then Dom, mm-hmm. did you find the transition easier when you came into construction as a sort of as working in that team environment and being a leader in a team? How's that sort of affected the way you do things and your style? Yeah, I think uh, sporting background uh, is very much a solo thing. Um, you are in a team, but as you're going through what I was, which is into a YTS, you are also very much on your own, a lone individual, and you've got your own sole focus. You then, on a Saturday or a Sunday, who you're playing against and what you're trying to achieve, you try and be that leader, you try and be that captain role. That's good. That that, all, that always helps. But when you come into a construction side of things, you've got to try and you've got to try and merge the two. One, you've got to do your day to day job, which is the most most important. Otherwise, things will break down. But two, you've got to look around people, pick them up where they need it, and sort of see those, I got told once, they're called flashing lights. Try and pick up the flashing lights and see the flashing lights early enough so they don't become bigger problems. I think that's more of where a leader comes in rather than just leading once the problems arisen. You sort of see those things early. That also just comes with, I think, a little bit of uh, experience and a little bit more of an open opportunity and wider, wider chance to come through those situations just a little bit more exposure um but it's it's nothing that nobody else can do i think it's just we, we have to try and step out a little bit sometimes out of the line and think right you know can i can i do this etc etc yeah sometimes i suppose you've got to put yourself out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. you know in sort of working with, with new people all the time you know you, you've got to put yourself there front and center as a leader on that project it's i think it's really important that we yeah, we recognise that, um, and I, you know, and I think it's something that you do really well. Mm-hmm. Something that you've adapted to well, um, and you know you're becoming a, a key member of the team and a, certainly a, a key leader on the projects that you've you've been involved in. So you, you pretty much said what I was going to say that. So th- having this this way of working helps you identify future leaders as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not uh, you know we work in a challenging industry. Every day is a different day. You know, we're learning every t- every day we go to work. We're learning. You know, we're learning new things, and uh, and I think it, it's a certain type of person with the right aptitude, the right you know, the drive, the commitment that that really shines through. And you know, you, you can see that in people, and it's really important. You know, when I when I interview people, it's not all about the technical skills. It's about the person, and it's about the you know, it's about the drive. It's about the passion. It's about the commitment of you know what they what they can give, you know what they can give to us and what GM as a GMI as a business you know can give to the people as well. It is a two way thing, and I think we've got to provide the opportunity, but we've you know, we've got to see a, a level of commitment uh, and a passion about about what we want to do because you know we need that to drive forward and we need that as a business to maintain this culture ethos and this the deliverability that we've we've built up over a number of years how have you dom seen sites develop projects you've come onto because you you've joined gmi at a stage where there's projects that are sort of mid mm-hmm. mid delivery yep rather than being there from inception mm-hmm. when you've come into those is it has it been obvious straight away that there's there is that certain way of working 
or have you had to evolve yourself to fit in with that do you think good question again uh, i think there's a, there's a hybrid answer to that i think um you always want to make your own adjustments um but also you can't make those adjustments without them being uh, a the right call uh b without a detrimental effect to the other things that are going on so you've got to try and find that balance and the timing of how you do that uh and also sometimes the decisions that you make for maybe the right intentions and reasons you know sometimes maybe they're not ones um and they, be, they provoke maybe a reaction that does get what is needed uh i think you know we'll always find that because as andy's alluded to previously um you know the construction industry's changed so everything's everything's a lot harder out there economic uh, markets um you know time frames durations you know we're dealing with adversity across a lot of things um and I, and I think it's just trying to find that balance so it, it is a good question yeah okay i'll take thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> i'm here just to set it up for you to talk um andy you talked about being challenging industry obviously it's become more challenging you know since covid everyone says since covid it's it's been this obviously actually having to work and trade through that period as well and everything that's happened from there so one of the key things is obviously delivering safely delivering on time delivering on budget but that also i think relates to best in class and and that positive culture as well because sometimes you have to adapt to make sure you can do those things so tell us a bit about maybe go back a little bit to to working through covid what you had to do how you had to react um show some agility to be able to do that um and then other things in, in terms of you know sourcing materials and maybe having to change how you do that mid project and stuff to to keep to meet those goals of on time on budget and delivering safely well where do you start with covid <laughs> um i suppose it was unique uh, we'd never experienced it before, but I think the way that we went about the, the challenge and how we approached things and how we adapted, like you say, you know, that we're, we're a really diverse industry. Uh, we are flexible. We have to do anyway. It's I suppose it's in our DNA to a point that, you know, we get challenges all the time, but, but certainly COVID threw some new challenges. We had to adapt the, the way we worked. You know, we had to get the social distancing. We had to change the, the way we operated on projects. So lots and lots of challenges. But I think it, sh it shows how we can adapt as an industry, how the people that work in our industry can adapt, how we raise to the challenges, how we look at how we effectively manage uh, the way we do things. Um, but... That was, you know, that was really good through COVID. You know, as, as an industry, we carried on working. We were classed as essential workers. You know, in, in my opinion, we, you know, we we played a key role in maintaining the economy, keeping the economy going. Um, and it was probably one of the industry's most challenging periods. And that uh, then you had the issues with Ukraine and the war. You had labour. You had material availability. So all these. It almost created the perfect storm for us in the industry. But again, you know, we've risen to the challenges. And I think the thing is that we've learned lots of lessons. So how we've had to adapt, how we've had to change, how we've had to do things, has probably set us up to be in a stronger position now moving forward as hopefully, you know, we're, we're coming out of the COVID era. We still get the odd cases here and there, but we're coming out of COVID 
hopefully the issues in the Ukraine have settled down a little bit. The I don't think the labour shortage is going to go away. So we've got to think about how we work, maybe not harder but smarter. Uh, you know how we work more closely with our supply chain that's going to deliver the projects, but but ultimately, and the clients as well. You know the clients need to understand the problems that we're facing, both us and our supply chain. And I, I think with the relationships that that GMI have with our clients that have been built up over a number of years, you can have the, you know maybe the difficult or, or the honest discussion. And we you know we always get to a point where. We uh, we appease and we, we make sure that all parties are happy in that process. And so the way we've done things, I think it's really set us up to move forward on a really positive footing and foundation. That if we can deal with the challenges that we faced, you know, we're not frightened of anything that's going to come at us in the future. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's very helpful. Well, to both of you, I'm I'm stood here in a room with. Two proud Yorkshiremen here, who are very probably very modest guys. But it'd be interesting to know for anyone listening some examples of that sort of you know going beyond the call of duty. It doesn't have to be yourself, but things that you've seen from colleagues and stuff. It'd be good to know what sort of thing what what demonstrates going beyond the call of duty that you've seen from from GMI colleagues. If you want me to go for, it, I mean, I've been with the business for about eighteen months now. So my first impressions when I when I joined GMI is that they you know, I've been working the previous organisation about behaviours, about values, about culture. And the first thing that hit me was a commitment culture. You know, the, the people in this business are committed to the cause. You know, like we've like we've alluded to earlier, and I think that's a real positive trait. People are committed to doing the right thing, wanting to do the right thing. And wanting to get the best results, and if you've got that in an organisation, then you can shape and mould that into something that's pretty special. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think you know everyone will look at their individual role and know what's expected. Um, I think it's the, uh, the the consciously the unknown, doing things without having to be asked, maybe, or um, you know when you say you go in that extra mile pushing the boundaries, those sort of phrases that have used and the terminology that's been used in the past. Um, but I think it's, you know, tr- trying to do that without being prompted to do it. So, because you know it's the right thing. And if you know it's the right thing, normally you should, you, you know, you should it should lead you down that path to say, well, I, I know it's the right thing, so why don't I just go do it? Don't wait for someone to say, well, you know that, you know, we would like you to do that. Well, yeah, go take the initiative, go do it. And then hopefully... You know, that's recognised after. And uh, more often than not, and it has been uh, a common theme at GMI, they're good at saying well done. Um, it's, that that doesn't mean that every every business is the same, but there seems to be, as Andy's mentioned there, a, a collectiveness and a bit of a spirit that people are, uh, are happy to say that was good. Um, keep doing that. Well done. Um, and even though that was good, next time, could you do this? Could you do that? Uh, I think if we keep driving that, it'll keep helping everybody. And and that's from, dare I say it, Andy, top-tier management structure in Yorkshire and other regions, but we've we've got to do that down to everybody, and it's got to cascade down, really, um, all the way down through the peers into the project teams. It should, that shouldn't stop. It should be, you know, we mentioned values. That should probably be something that we add on to and then try and enhance it even further. I think it's really, really important that you raise a really good point there, Dom, about 
recognizing the efforts that people put into the business. You know, it's easy, you know, sort of human nature focuses on the negative a lot of the time, but we do some really good stuff. So it's really important that we, we recognize the efforts and we thank our people for the efforts that they're putting in and the you know the outputs that we're getting and the, the results that we're getting that you know we really need to recognize you know the high performers and we by doing that we need to bring everybody else again up to that standard i keep reverting back to the standard but you know, we want everybody to be consistent and at a level that's going to drive the business forward but it's it's really important that we recognize the hard work that people are putting in and we reward that as well and it, and in that andy i think um you know, to add, you say we, we push everyone to a level to get better, to get better, but, you know, we've also got sometimes it goes and recognise that people, you know, evidently just, you know, say we say just doing their job, but delivering what their role is and their expectations and to the details that we need. Let's not lose focus that trying to go above and beyond sometimes can, you know, could cause mistakes, could, you know, something could go by the wayside and sometimes doing exactly what we need to do in the time frames that we need to do it is just as important. It's not always about everyone pushing those boundaries because we might lose the focus elsewhere. And we do have, we've got a lot of people that continuously deliver daily when they come through the door. Yeah, I think it's important that we you know, we empower people. People need to know that they're empowered to make decisions. We need people to make decisions at the level in which they're operating. You know, and that that's a key a key indicator of a of a highly functioning team, that people know they're empowered to make decisions at a level that reflects their role. Um, you know, I've always said that I want people to make decisions, and if they make decisions at the right time for the right reasons, they'll always get supported. You know, and our people need to know that, that, you know, that they have got the backing where they can make decisions of the senior team. And we want people to do that. They've just got to understand the framework around that empowerment not go beyond you know beyond those boundaries and you know but we want you know, <laughs> emphasizing again we want people to make decisions it's really important and they need to feel empowered uh, in the role that they're undertaking fantastic gentlemen thank you very much that was absolutely fascinating really interesting really interesting insight into how gmi has developed that culture and, and how it's being applied as well so um thanks for for joining us and taking part in uh, building beyond um, listen out for future episodes where we'll be covering all sorts of issues around what's happening in the business and what's happening in the industry. Thanks for listening.